Washington's recruiting class is ranked 14th nationally, and more importantly, it's first in the Pac-12. All 23 of the recruits signed their letter of intent today. Jimmy Lake lost zero recruits. In fact, Lake locked down one who decommitted and is now back in the fold. This is Fourth and Inches, a Husky podcast from Sports Illustrated Husky Maven. I'm Trevor. And I'm Jake. We're like Farley and Spade. That one is too easy. I know, but it's such a good duo. I, I, yeah, yeah, I, I tend to agree. Of course, and, and obviously the other one is who? David. Thank you. What is your favorite movie they did together? Uh, oh, gosh. Um, I really like Tommy Boy. That's the easy answer, right? I, yeah, but it's like, that's for a reason. Yeah, because it's like, really good. I don't know how many times at work I I stand there and I'm like fat guy in a little jacket. <laughs> Come on, fat guy in a little coat. <laughs> yeah, like all, yeah. all the all the time. And then I'll try to rip it, and then my fat will crease, and it won't happen. <laughs> my favorite line in that is when he's like, "I'll just need your her- uh, John Hancock," and he's like, "It's not John, it's Herbie Hancock." <laughs> Jake and I are in extremely good moods today. Christmas came early, dude. Everybody signed. We didn't lose anybody. We gained a guy. And then we get a gift of a guy who came back from his Mormon mission and re-signed with us. Yeah. So, Jake, give me your thoughts. You know, this day started off really poorly for me. I, uh, I left my phone at home from work, and I went 15 hours without knowing who signed. So that hurt my feelings a little bit <laughs> and then I come home and I find out that all 23 guys had signed exactly what Jimmy Lake had wished for his birthday and it's wonderful this signing day I think to me makes me more excited than the one that we had last year just because simply because of the fact that it plays so well off of the team that we had that signed last year you know, last year we were super heavy on D-line, you know, interior D-linemen, offensive tackles, and inside linebackers. This year we snagged a center, we snagged a couple more beast-wide receivers, and we signed a bunch of outside linebackers that are, could immediately play and become playmakers to go with those inside linebackers. And these two teams – Together, if you bring these two recruiting classes together, that's one hell of a team just from those two recruiting classes. Well, that's the foundation of winning national championships. Yeah, you, you, you go after the things that you're in need of. And that's exactly what this coaching staff did with this recruiting class. Last year was one of the best defensive line years on the West Coast. And Washington got, I think... Uh, all but one of the top, like, six guys. Yeah. And then they turn around this year and take none because from what the recruiting experts were saying was that it's one of the weakest defensive line classes that's been on the West Coast. So instead of taking a guy that isn't where Washington is looking, they loaded up on the year that they could. 
And right. that just goes to show that these guys have such a great plan. Um, Coach Lake is going to continue the built for life moniker. He's going to revamp it and make it more attractive to younger, uh, a younger generation. And I think this recruiting is going to uh, keep growing. So uh, I, I couldn't be happier. The other thing I, I, I love what you said. I think that's so beautiful how they took these last two classes. And if you marry them together, they make a full team. Yeah. Because you, oh, oh man. I mean, you, you hit it on the head, the inside linebackers that they got last year, they got some real talent this year, outside linebackers. I mean, come on, uh, bringing in, the third highest rated player in Washington history into this team is a big deal. And then marrying them with the rest of that. Yeah. Nationally number 11 position, number one, you know, that's that's exactly what you want. If you can snag one or possibly two of those guys in the top 10, you know, in their positions, then uh, you're you're immediately setting yourself up for success and guys that can play immediately. Some of the guys that they signed, uh, my assumption is some of them will play right away, uh, especially those higher end guys, because we're, Washington is getting to the point where they're getting guys that are NFL prospects right now, yep. not that need to be developed that are going to be on draft boards, mm-hmm. not ones that are going to rise up. So you're going to have Savelle Smalls. If everything goes right, he'll be here for three years. So you have to take advantage of the time that you have him. Um, So he will absolutely play right away. There's also the beauty of this, this class is you have a lot of guys at the top end that can play right away and probably will, but there are some diamonds in the rough that they got that are, that are three-star guys that have the, um, that have the ceiling to become major contributors and uh, players that are going to be playing on Sunday. Don't, don't they always, though? Isn't that what they kind of always do? Last year I could think of Cam Will and um, Richard Newton off the top of my head. Absolutely. Both of those guys were three-star guys, and both of those came in and made immediate impacts. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And – there, but there are also some guys from that group that we didn't see. One of the guys that I really fell in love with last year was Jacob Bandis, and we didn't see him. He's not a diamond in the rough. He was a diamond amongst diamonds. Um, I mean, he was a, a highly rated defensive lineman who's going to see a lot of run, and he's going to be a redshirt freshman. There's got Cam, Cam Williams is probably the – actually, both of those – well, Richard Newton was actually a redshirt freshman, correct? Yes, but he was also a three-star. Exactly. And, and, and that's what this program can do. Not only are they going to make these guys who are um, absolute studs and get them on the field, but they're also going to take those guys and develop them and make them into really, really good college football players. The defense of your, uh, the captain of your defense last year, Miles Bryant, three-star guy. Yep. You know, you're absolutely they, they, right. You, you, you obviously you want the five-star guys, but if, you have to get three-star guys, find guys that are undervalued and overperform. And that's what this defense or that's what this coaching staff does. Yeah. And they also, I mean, they, they project forward. Uh, one guy that we're going to talk about, uh, one of the uh, James Smith, a three-star guy, but he's big. Yep. And uh, he's what NFL 
GMs are looking for at the cornerback position now. Yep, um, absolutely. But, of course, let's start at the top. We're, we're going to go from offense to defense, um, and we're going to start with the quarterback. Ethan Garbers out of Corona Del Mar in California. He's six foot two. He's 190, um, and he has been a major recruiter since um, committing to Washington. So there's a lot of fingerprints of Ethan Garbers all over this list. And uh, he signed today. Jake, what do you got on Ethan Garbers? Well, Ethan, he's kind of a better version of his older brother, Chase, that plays yeah. at Cal. You know, he, uh, he's a very talented arm. And he threw for over 4,000 yards. He had 71 total touchdowns in his senior season at Corona Del Mar. I heard a story about um, Chase asked Ethan why he would go to Washington when they can't even beat Cal. And Ethan told Chase, it's because I like going to bowl games. <laughs> if that's not a little brotherly rivalry there uh i love that that's fantastic oh, and, and ethan's going to get the last laugh on that one because washington even though cal beat us la- the last two years and is an, in, in an uprise we're still better than them and we will continue to be better than them especially with the talent that we're pulling in and ethan is a big reason why and it was funny. They asked Ethan uh, the week coming up to the Cal game who he was rooting for, and he didn't even admit he was Washington. Yeah. Yeah. I love I it. I mean, he, he loves Washington, and he's going to be a very good quarterback in this program. Yeah, absolutely. He needs, uh, to, he needs to not peek backwards, though, because don't forget who we have coming in next year. That's going to be tough not to keep your eyes behind you with, uh, with Sam coming in next year. Yeah, I wouldn't worry about that with Ethan Garbers. Just from what I've seen, the dude is an ultimate competitor. Um, he's had to hear those that talk about how, you know, it's great that he's committed to Washington, but he's probably never going to see the field. You have Jacob Sermon. You have Dylan Morris. When is Ethan Garbers going to see the field? When, of course, you have Heward coming up the year after. But, right. you know, just looking on Twitter – uh, of guys who are following California football and high school quarterbacks. Every single person has come away from watching Ethan Garbers like, oh, this guy's a lot better than we thought. Right. And I think that that bodes well for him. And frankly, I'm rooting for him. I mean, I think that there's a lot of guys on this list um, that Ethan worked his tail off to get here. Mm-hmm. And I think he has the mental makeup to be able to really be a really good uh, Washington quarterback. I totally agree. I, I and if he doesn't, agree with that. that means somebody else was better and that's okay too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of best of both worlds, right? Like right. either he's, he's outplaying Sam Heward, who's the number one quarterback in the nation next year, or Sam Heward is that good. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to move into the running backs. There was two running backs signed. One was, of course, Sam Adams. Sam Adams is a 6'2", 200-pound athlete who um, Jimmy Lake said today was going to be played at running back. And then the other one, of course, is a kid from Texas, Javion Sunday, a 5'10", 190-pound back, another one of those possible diamonds in the roughs. Uh, that was overlooked by recruiting services. Jake, what do you got on these two guys? You know, Sam Adams the second, he is a he's a big time athlete, man. He catches the ball out of the backfield really well. 
he 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 runs in the uh, slot position at receiver quite a uh, quite a bit. Um, he kind of reminds me of uh, Christian McCafferty in a way that <laughs> <laughs> he has. That's twice in two weeks I've used him. He has really he, right. He has really good ball skills when the ball's coming his way in the air, and I really like that uh, from a running back that has the potential to make make catches and catch the ball out of the backfield make a couple guys miss and get upfield. He had offers from Ohio State, Alabama, and other big-time schools, man. Everybody wanted him. So us getting him is a big, big deal. The lesser of the two well-known running backs is JV on Sunday. But look out for this kid, man. Like you said, he could be a diamond in the rough. He's just a three-star kid, but he holds the all-time rushing and all-time rushing touchdown record at Connolly High School in Waco, Texas. And one is district offensive MVP. So this kid's nothing to laugh at, man. I think he's he's going to come in kind of like Richard Newton did. Richard Newton wasn't wasn't the bell cow of his recruiting class, but came in and made an immediate impact. And I think that Sunday has the same potential. But I mean, but Jake, to be honest with you, like Texas, not really a football place. No, I so get, I, I get that. Them. It's kind of like it's kind of like Alabama and California and Florida. You know, like yeah, it's kind of like a secondary, or you know, it's probably behind basketball and I was soccer, kidding and soccer. Oh, you're going for it! I love it. <laughs> I was like, oh no, he's <laughs> yeah, he, he's taking the bait. I was like, no, Jake, no. <laughs> Everybody's going to lose faith in our football knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> you even had me like, oh, no, this is it. <laughs> this is, and that was fourth and inches. We're shutting up shop. <laughs> All right, here we go. Now we're moving on to one of my favorite position groups, and that's the wide receiver room. Oh, boy. Um, Jalen McMillan, Fresno, California, 6'2", 181. Just as close to being a five-star guy as you can be without being a five-star guy. And this dude not only um, committed, uh, he recruited, and he clapped back at Oregon fans when they were like, hey, come to our school. Look at all of our uniforms. And he said something along the lines of, there's a lot more to football than uniforms. I was like, you're going to be a great Husky. Right. As a receiver, he is polished. He's ready to go. And I'm hoping that in this system um, that's going to be hopefully less confusing or complicated that some of these super duper talented receivers are going to see the field. You know, Jalen McMillan, uh, Marcus Spiker, Austin Osborne, Puganakua, and Rome Adunze at six, two and a half, 200 pounds. So he's 20 pounds heavier. He's a quick guy. So uh, this wide receiver room with the addition of those two, gigantic. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned the way that he runs because I watched a lot of his uh, junior year highlights. Dude runs like a gazelle. And he's his, huge. His strides are so long and yeah. it's, it's, it's incredible. The way that he pulls away from people is incredible. Both of these dudes are studs, man. In my opinion, both McMillan and Adunze are top 10 receivers in the nation. I don't know why they have Adunze ranked 44th. And maybe I'm just drinking that Kool-Aid that his dad is spilling on Twitter. Have you oh, followed yeah. his dad on Twitter? Oh, my goodness. Yep. He's sitting there talking about how his kid is a top 10 kid in the, in the country. And I'm taking the bait. 
you know, he, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's out there just putting up all his numbers versus everybody else, and his numbers are unreal. This year, between the two of them, they accumulated for over 2,700 yards receiving. That is stupid. Yeah, wow. That wide receiver room is getting scary talented. I mean, just the last two recruiting classes with, with the receivers that we've gotten with Puka, Adunze, and McMillan, oh my gosh. Oh, and throw in, I mean, the last three years. It's, it's been a, just talent upon talent. And right. I think you're going to see quarterbacks uh, really enjoy coming to Washington and play and throw the ball to these receivers. Absolutely. Let's move on to the tight ends, huh? We got two of them. Mark Redmond, um, teammate of Ethan Garbers, and Mason West out of La Habra in California. Mark Redmond is 6'6", 250 pounds. Mason West, 6'4", 240. Um, Mark Redmond's a four-star. Mason West is a three-star. And the way that we develop tight ends, watch out for these gigantic bodies. Yeah, you know, we lose Hunter Bryant early. You know, I don't think anybody was really surprised by that. You mentioned earlier that if we get Savelle Smalls for, you know, if he's gone in three years, that means that he's been doing something right. And right. that's kind of the Hunter Bryant effect, you know? Sure. That's why we didn't redshirt Hunter his, his freshman year because we knew we had a limited time with him. Right. And we're going to do the same with Savelle. We still have Kate Otten. And Kate Otten and Redmond together on either side in, in, a, in a big package is going to be deadly because both of those guys have extremely solid hands. I can't remember a single time this year that Kate Cotton dropped the ball. Now, if you pair that up with another equally good blocking and receiving tight end, that offense with those receivers is going to be outstanding. It's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely. You ready for my favorite position group? I am. Offensive line. Offensive line. line. Oh, Holy boy. goodness. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right, I'm going to run down these big guys, and then we're going to talk about them. Miles Morale, 6'2", 312. Roger Rosengarden, 6'7", 270. What does that guy's name remind you of? Ryball Flavin. Uh, Bloodsport. Oh, come on, Trev. Rookie of the year? Oh, yeah, I haven't watched that in 20 years. <laughs> It, I, you still should – That's how have you not watched that in 20 years? Remember the trainer for the team that kept getting locked in the – like he yes. got locked in the hotel room between yeah. the two middle doors? Yeah. And then he got locked yeah. in like in the uh, – in, in the like supply the, closet. Yeah. Yes. Help. Yeah. Help me. Yep. Um, <laughs> okay, sorry. Go on with uh, Rival Flavin. From, he's from uh, Valor Christian in Colorado. We got Gary and Hatchett from Ferndale, Washington, Guard Memelar from Middleton, Idaho, and Samuel Peacock from Gig Harbor, Washington. Hatchett is 6'5", 275, Memelar 6'4", 290, and Peacock 6'6", 265. Yeah. Those are some big boys. This offensive line class is could be your starting line in two years. Guard Memelar is is nasty. However, he's from Idaho, so he's uh he's underclassified. Garriott Hatchett is um it has uh, dominant in the state of Washington. 
Roger Rosengarten, super violent. And then Miles Moraro. Um, what do you got to say? You know? <laughs> Have you seen the video of him blocking uh, Thibodeau from Oregon? There, yeah, uh, his junior he, year. He, oh, he pancakes God. him. I mean, he, uh, it was, I mean, he, he dominated him. He could play this year. Mateo Mele looked okay. He just needs to work on, you know, snapping the ball. But other than that, I thought he played decently. But Miles Moraro is absolutely the future at center. At the start of this podcast, I mentioned how much I loved that this recruiting class plays well off of last year's. We have uh, Rivo Flavin Rosengarten at oh tackle. Don't, don't, you love my corny dad jokes. Don't get – he is the tackle of this this class. We got a bunch of tackles in last year's class. This year is all about the interior with yeah. Gearian, with Moraro, and – Memelar. Yeah, those are all inside guys, and they're all going to be pretty recent starters. I think Moraro starts this year for us. I mean, he's the number one Kind of like a center. Nick Harris kind of guy? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Not only is the number one center, but we stole him from USC – Right oh, out of their backyard. USC. Yeah, right out of their backyard, man. For modern day, that, that is a pipeline to USC. And Did we, you see where USC is ranked in the Pac-12 right now? Yeah, 12th. <laughs> uh, uh, what, what universe I, do we live in? I never thought I would ever see USC be last in the Pac-12. Oh. And everybody's like, hey, man, they'll get theirs. Well, they could still get theirs and still finish ninth in the Pac-12 in recruiting. They might be able to beat the Cougs. They but might be able to beat the Cougs. I mean, that it's is just crazy. It's, it, it is. And everybody had Miles as like 90% lean towards USC. And we go out there and we snake them from them. And Early, the, too. Oh, my gosh. And USC Nation is stunned. Yeah. And Clay Helton still has his job. And, <laughs> and I just read today that – the uh, new president, acting president, loves what Clay Helton's done with that program. <laughs> are, you, are you kidding me? You yep. love what Clay Helton – you love being in the bottom of the Pac-12? Congratulations. One guy before we move to the defensive side uh, we didn't mention is Sawyer Racanelli. He's another athlete that I think uh, is going to be a receiver. Um, he's from down here. He's from uh, 2A Hawkinson. Um, yep. He didn't get to play his senior year with a torn ACL. So um, we'll see what Sawyer is. He's one of those. He's a three-star guy that's an absolute diamond in the rough, a, a really, really good athlete that um, with rehab and then getting in this weight program, he's going to become uh, – he's one of those project guys that by his red shirt, you know, sophomore or junior year, he's a contributor. He's bigger than both of the other wide receivers also. He's at least taller than them. He's 6'3", 205. He's yeah. a big body guy. That is a big body. And that's why, you know, there was some conversation about him moving to the other side of the ball. Let's go to some defensive backs, Jake. Let's. This is, uh, this is awesome. Um, so, Jacoby Covington out of Scottsdale, Arizona, decommitted and then recommitted at the beginning of this week to Jimmy Lake. He's a four-star guy. He's 6'1", 193. What's going to make you really happy about this group is how tall they are. 
Elijah Jackson from Lawndale, California, 6'2", 175. Mikel Esteen, 6'1", 170. And James Smith, 6'1", 180, out of Bellflower, California. That is a, a long and lean group. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when, when Jacoby decommitted, it was kind of a shock to the system. He, he, he's the headliner of this cornerback class. And so when he left, everybody was kind of like, oh, crap, what are we going to do? You know, he, he, him recommitting to this program is, is huge because he recommitted under Jimmy Lake and not under yes. Chris Peterson. And we've all known that Jimmy Lake is a closer when it comes to recruiting. But, you know, everybody thought there, that there would be a little, bit of, a little bit of a dip. And for him to keep all of the recruits – but then add Jacoby Covington, who had decommitted from Chris Peterson, is absolutely huge, man. This guy, he, he, this guy's a ball hawk. He has tremendous ball skills. He has super broad shoulders, and he's the exact build of a cornerback that this program loves. And I wouldn't be surprised if he is the next CB1 for this team in two years. You know, and what's cool about this class is – they they really went with some raw talent with some really big bodies that they can develop. Um, Esteen, is, you know, Jackson, Esteen, and Smith are all three-star guys. And the reality is it's going to be really hard for them to see the field in their, in their, uh, in their redshirt year, obviously. Uh, I don't see any of those three playing this year. Um, I see Covington possibly, maybe, but that room is so deep with guys that, you know, you, you don't forget about, but we haven't seen a ton of, you know, we saw Dom Hampton a little bit. Um, he's going to keep progressing, but the one who hasn't seen a lot of playing time yet is Julius Irvin. And I right. don't know if these guys are going to be able to pass a guy like that. So I think that this is absolutely one of those developmental classes that comes out the redshirt sophomore year and is just filthy good. Well, you kind of, you kind of nailed it on the head. We, we went after raw guys that have the perfect body for the cornerbacks in the system because we have the option to, because we have the guys in the system right now that are ready to play right now so that these young guys don't have to come in and fill a spot that aren't ready. They can take the time to learn and to grow and to mature into cornerbacks like the cornerbacks that we've been peddling out of our classes and because we have the guys there that are ready to play now. And that is such a gift to this defense that we just keep producing and producing. The cornerback is going to be a staple of this defense for a really, really long time, especially now that Jimmy Lake is head coach. Right. And, of course, before we get to linebackers, we're going to talk special teams. Tristan Brown, punter, number one uh, Juco punter. And Jaden Green, a long snapper, number one long snapper. As much as I make funny, you know, you you mentioned uh, Tristan Brown earlier in the year. Yeah. And I and mocked you, you, you for You days. jumped my guns about it. Yeah. But as, as much as I want to continue making fun of you for everything that you talk about special teams, getting the number one punter and the number one long snapper is such a gift. It's such – that is – that's such a – field turning thing if you can trust a long snapper and you can trust a punter to get to flip the field that is huge for this team 
even with this offense that we have coming in, I don't think we're going to need to punt very often, but it's still nice when we will have to punt. Right. And, you know, Cardi's, Cardi's really, really good. And losing him was it could have been a big loss, but bringing in the number one long snapper, the only people that know his name are Washington fans. And just like, oh, yeah, he's really good at his job. And, you know, drunk guys at Stanford yell his name. That was my favorite part about that is the three guys behind us going, AJ! Cardi! Cardi! You're snapping the shit out of that ball, AJ! Yeah. Yep. It was, it was fun to listen to. You're absolutely right. All right, Jake. I've waited as long as I could. Let it, let it out, Trev. Let it out. And finally, we have linebackers. Jake, we're going to start with the inside linebackers. We'll save the best for last. Absolutely. All right. So first we got Carson Bruner. Uh, Mark, uh, Mark Bruner obviously played for Washington. He's out of Redmond, Washington. He's 6'2", 205 pounds. And then the other one, Cooper McDonald out of Justin, Texas, 6'3", 220. Uh, in my opinion, he was very much um, underrated. Uh, I think these two guys could be really, really good on the inside of that linebacking core. Yeah, I think they both have the potential to be starters someday. Um, there's a lot of depth in front of them. That's, that's the only thing I worry about with them. But, you know, I, I got to thinking about it, and he kind of translates with this defense more as an inside linebacker just because the outside linebackers on this team are such pass rush specialists. Sure. And I don't see him, I don't, I don't see him as that type of guy. Inside linebackers for this team, I, I fell in love with the inside linebacking core that we brought in last year. Yeah. And I think both of those guys are going to be long-term starters. So it's going to be hard for somebody to come in this year and be, you know, get early playing time over those red, two redshirt freshmen. Um, but you know, you got you just have to wait to see how they how they transition into college football and and who picks up this defense better and faster. Are you ready? <laughs> pump, pump the jam, pump it <laughs> up. <clears throat> come on, they gonna get it. <laughs> How do I <laughs> faster the At one point this summer, we were out on Savelle Smalls. <laughs> and today, at about 7 in the morning, he signed his letter of intent to come to Washington. <sighs> Holy cow. What a, what a, what a ride. <sighs> we're here. I don't- I don't know how many uh, sighs I could do after he signed because, oh, man, that's huge. That's huge. Oh, uh, without a doubt. That's the number one outside linebacker in the nation. He, that, is, he, oh, yeah. that is such a privilege for this team, man. Five-star Kennedy Catholic, 6'3", under, 230. Under Armour All-American. Man, he, this kid, um, this is a huge get. And, and it's a very it's, – it's, it's big for Washington in a lot of ways. Not only is he the headliner of the class, not only is he a five-star kid, not only is he the highest recruit that Washington has produced, um, but they were able to keep him in when the country came after him. Yeah, I – Alabama, Florida State, Tennessee, Clemson, 
Auburn, Clemson, yeah. For a while there, I thought he was going to Clemson. Yep. And then for a while, I thought he was going to Oregon. I his, thought he was going to go to Florida. His his Twitter picture for a long time was him in an Oregon jersey, and I was like, oh, yep. oh no. Yep. And but here we but here we are. He'll be donning the purple and gold. He'll be donning the purple and gold. He will. I mean, of any guy, he's going to see the fields uh, immediately. 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 You know what my favorite part about him signing with us over uh, Alabama is? Um, I can think of a million, but go ahead. His head recruiter was Steve Sarkeesian. No. Yes. <laughs> if that is just not the cherry on the topping, I don't know what is. I, it, that Sar- makes me so happy. Sarkeesian, Sarkeesian just taking L's from Washington. Just. I mean, here we are. This class is full up. Lololio. Okay. Yeah, it's, jo- it's cool. Jordan Lololio. Okay, awesome. There's the team. There it is. 23 um, guys, man. 23. There's about there's probably 25 spots. So that means there's maybe two more spots. Uh, Washington hosted Jack Yeary. Um that could be a possibility. He's been a um his dad went to USC. However, with Graham Harrell sticking around at SC and the underutilization of tight ends, I could see a flip. I could see him not go to USC. I'm hoping it's Washington. The other one that I hold out a little hope for is Xavier Carlton. He's from Utah. He canceled his trip. Jake, of course, the last one that you you put on our list. I don't no. see it happening, but you know, there's been crazy crazier things have happened. We were also not on Savelle Small's right. list. So go ahead. Uh, Kelly Ringo, him. cornerback out of Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, Washington's been pushing for him. I don't see it happening. He's Pretty warm on Georgia, Texas a little bit, uh, and Oregon as well. Georgia. Over to the East Coast. So east of us, you know, yep. Texas or Georgia. He's a five-star corner. It'd be nice to snag him. Like you said, crazy things have happened. I just don't see it. Here we are, class of 2020. The next thing we'll see, of course, we'll have the late signing period, and then we'll be in spring ball, and we'll see how many of these guys end up um, – uh, enrolling early and being over there for spring ball. So, you know, this day is always super fun for the kids. It's super fun to think about where these guys could go once they get into the system. Um, this is before any of the the real work begins, and it's just a really happy day. Yeah, everybody's super excited to, you know, watch these recruits commit to their program. And, and kids that we've been following for a year or two or three um, it seems like the Savelle Smalls watch has been happening for three years now. And, and to watch these kids commit, it's not over until they sign. Watching these kids sign today and how the, the excitement for them and their family is, is really fun to watch as a fan of the program. And uh, it's one of my favorite days of the year, man. I look forward to this game more than I look forward to uh, probably the first game of the year. Oh, I can't. I, I'm not going to follow you down I, that hole. I mean, the first game of the year is like there is it's been a... like BYU and and you know Boise State. I, I I would rather have national signing days over those. Now, first game of the year against Michigan, sure you might get me with That's that one story. Right. I'll tell you what. The coolest thing about this is just getting to see kids' dreams come true, and uh, you get to see proud parents and. 
uh, days of celebrating are, are just always good Absolutely. things. So, all right, guys, that'll do it for fourth and inches, a Husky podcast. Go ahead and tell your friends about our podcast, go on Apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, rate and review. Give us those five stars. Also check out our other podcast, Husky hardcore with Jake and I, and also Noah Dickerson. And for daily great content, go to si.com forward slash college forward slash Washington. Go dog. Go dogs.